I just downloaded it just to distract myself and have fun and, and watch funny videos. But then I started making videos and people liked it. My dad and my grandpa just looked at each other and said, we have created an absolute monster. And I've been, I've been fishing since. The state chairman of DU Georgia called me and he said, we want you to be our publicist. And I was like, you're kidding. You know, I, at the beginning, I was looking so cute. I had on my little upland bird hunting outfit. Then afterwards, I looked like a wet dog. <laughs> I hunt ducks, I hunt deer, pheasants, bass fishing, trout fishing, offshore, inshore, and sometimes I just don't have time to do what I want. Hey y'all, this is Macy Watkins and you're listening to The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. I've been blessed to harvest 22 of the 29 North American animals with my bow. My personal 24-hour record for death threats is 88. They will start putting two and two together and realize this is how you call bulls in. So when I go hunting now, that's the ethos I take with me. You know, whatever, whatever this hunt is going to throw at you, you pull your big girl pants up and you get on with it. Giant bucks are freaking awesome. They're beautiful. But you know what? I would not trade this first buck for anything in the world. So I'm really, I'm a geek. Magicians and dragons and magic swords. <laughs> I shit you not, man. I'm the biggest dork in the gun business. I'm Freddie Hartice, Hollywood Hunter. This is Aaron Snyder. Hey, this is Trevin Stoltzfus with Outback Outdoors. This is Rihanna Carey. Hi, this is John Sloan of the interviews with the Haunting Masters. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey, y'all, welcome to another episode of The Wild Initiative, brought to you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Today, I am on the line with the one and only Macy Watkins. I came across Macy's profile on TikTok, of all places. I, I hesitate to admit that, but uh, <laughs> um, I, was, uh, I was on TikTok, and I was like, you know She's a lot of fun. She's authentic and I need to have her on the podcast. So I think, I think I ended up reaching out on Instagram finally was, was when we finally connected and um, we're both rather have rather busy schedules, especially through the holidays, but we managed to finally sync up. So I'm really glad to have you on Macy. 
Thanks, Sam. I'm glad to be here. I've actually never done a podcast, so this is my debut. Don't don't go so hard on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as we talked, it's it's a conversation, so and it's and it's about you, so nowhere to go wrong here. Um, so really, one thing I always like to start out with is just kind of an introduction as to to who you are, and really how how did you get introduced to the outdoors and hunting and fishing and all of that like what where'd you get your start okay so um i guess what i got popularity on online was my job um i do work in the outdoor industry as a pr agent um but that's not all i do i do pr media planning advertising planning hunts and fishing events for my clients at source outdoor group in Gainesville, Georgia, we have around 40 to 50 clients, and um, I could say them all, but I'm not going to do that, but they're <laughs> all of your favorite brands that you see in Bass Pro or Cabela's or just on the aisles of Walmart, um, so that's what I do as a career, but TikTok, you know, I just downloaded it just <laughs> to distract myself and have fun and, and watch funny videos but then I started making videos and people liked it I was just on there being myself and people liked that so I kept doing it and now I kind of have this influencing deal where I post videos on TikTok and YouTube I have a Facebook page Instagram I'm always working I work all day then I get home and I work on myself (laughs) that's what I do so how did you then get introduced to the outdoors originally you know what what got you started on hunting and fishing? Okay, so I'm from middle Georgia, and there's nothing else to do. So every, <laughs> everyone ends up doing outdoor activities because we don't have a mall. We, we don't have stores. We don't have, you know, a lot of entertainment. So that is what we grew up doing. And I did play travel softball, and I played college softball, so that took up a big chunk of my time and my life back then but on the weekends and spare time I would be fishing with my grandpa my dad my brother um, just at local farm ponds that we had access to some that we didn't have access to (laughs) but (laughs) that's how I got my start was pond fishing you know just simple fishing with your grandpa and, and your dad and then um you know later years I really got into bass fishing just around the ponds. And then um, growing up fishing on Lake Sinclair, which is in Milledgeville, Georgia, you know, hunted some, I didn't get serious about hunting until my um, recent years, like in college. I guess that's not so recent now. I'm 24 now. (laughs) So um, now I've got, I've always been really into bird hunting with my family. I'll tell you some of my favorite times fishing here. You're talking about fishing just like local farm ponds and things like that. And uh, people on the podcast have probably heard me say this a million times, but uh, one of my favorite all times fishing uh, was in a cattle pond down in Arizona. And it was just, we had been on, we had been hunting uh, pronghorn and mule deer for, for like two weeks straight and just killing ourselves and having no luck. We're like, we just need to take an afternoon and evening off and just kind of relax. So we went to the farm pond, you know, grabbed a little small cooler beers and package of hot dogs and just went jack pulling for jack pulling for bluegill the entire time. And I swear we probably caught the same four bluegill 
like 13 different times, but it's just one of the best times. And I feel like if you're going to introduce someone to the outdoors, that's, that's gotta be one of the best ways to do it. Cause it's so low impact. doesn't really cost you much of anything, you know, if especially yeah. you got an extra rod and I, I just love sitting back and fishing. I mean, you can't beat it. I have this, I grew up fishing at this pond in a little town called McIntyre, Georgia. And I mean, I could catch them every cast with my grandpa. And I remember we went for the first time and my dad and my grandpa just looked at each other and said, we have created an absolute monster. And I've been, <laughs> I've been fishing since, begged them to go as a child. And then, you know, we, we'd keep all the, the bluegill and the brim and have a fish fry. And <laughs> my church always ha- has a fish fry and we would fish at that pond and I caught most of the fish for, <laughs> for the church. So that's how I got started. Just simple pond fishing. Well, and so now, you know, I feel like that's a, that's a little bit of a departure from your latest fishing trip. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, uh, it's a, <laughs> a little bit of a, a little bit of a step up from, uh, from bluegill, um, heading out to heading out to Venice, uh, on a, on your recent fishing trip. Oh yeah. So, you know, starting out just fishing ponds as a, as a child and then getting really into bass fishing and some local tournaments and derbies and then, when I went to Venice, oh my gosh, that just changed everything. I'm catching, you know, 60 pound tuna, which is one of the small ones. Um, <laughs> you know, they catch them much larger than that. I um, got to go cobia fishing, caught snapper grouper. It was such a good day of fishing. And then I came back home and, you know, I would go fishing. I'm just like, this is eh. <laughs> so. <laughs> so did it kind of, it kind of ruined you on the on the local uh, small fish then? Oh, definitely. I mean, I really enjoy going out in my kayak and bass fishing, but now I'm just always thinking about my next trip offshore. <laughs> That's something I've, I've, I've done a little bit of ocean fishing back in the day when I was a kid with my grandpa, but that's one thing I've still, it's still on my list. I need to get out and do, and I have a buddy that um, my buddy, Brett Cannon, he uh he and i are going to take a trip out one of these days if i ever get out to florida for uh for some sailfish and um i'm really really excited to do some do some offshore stuff but what so what was it that was i mean other than maybe just the size the sheer size of the fish that you're pulling out of the water what is it that's so like alluring about the offshore fishing oh it's all about the fight yeah. you got to have some fight in you to to pull those fish up um, cause you may fight a fish for an hour, two hours, you know, me, I, I fought it for 30 minutes, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's all about the fight. You do all that work to get the fish in, you know, you're at the end of your leader and then it just takes off again. So it's just the feeling of accomplishment. When you finally get that humongous fish in tuna, they start pinwheeling when they get to the boat. So they start swimming in little circles okay. when they get to the boat until someone eventually gaffs them when they're close enough. But I would say the most addicting part is the fight and just the time that it takes to get a fish in. You know, you're, you're not just reeling, like you're physically exhausted once you get the fish in. So, I mean, it's, you know, you're out there and it's not, I feel like people that are used to fishing, they're kind of like, okay, yeah, it's cool when a fish hits and, you know, it fights and you got to, got to reel it in but i feel like most people are used to catching you know a 
a decent sized trout or yeah, like a bass and a bass will, bass will give you a fight now and again, but yeah, it's definitely just nothing compared to when you got like a 70, 80 pound fish on the end of the line. And I mean, that thing's pulling on you just as hard as you're pulling on it. And, oh yeah. They fight um, back. If, if anyone plans on going offshore, I would suggest working out first. A <laughs> little bit of an upper upper body workout and your back and everything. Oh yeah. By the time you're done. Mm-hmm. I was in pain. Cause there's like a little like special deals. There's those special like rod belt things you wear, right? Yeah. For um, those in too. There's a belt and um, kind of a strap where you can kind of sit down in your legs and use your bottom half to kind of leverage to get the fish in. Um, <laughs> that when I went in Venice, I went with a group of eight men. Um, that was a work trip, and you know that the captains would make fun of them if they wanted a belt. Um, <laughs> but you know, I was the girl on the trip, so I could use the belt and not get made fun of. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes you just need it. You know, those fish are so big, you just need it. That's yeah. That's why, like, I I just can't. I'm excited to get out there and try it sometime, and 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 really get to experience that but like I just, I just can't imagine it right now and especially especially with the fish i've been catching lately i i picked up fly fishing this year and uh i've been fishing some small mountain streams and so mm-hmm. like the mo- you know the monsters i've been catching uh, <laughs> i've seen your profile say <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's when you when you try and like long arm it to hold the fish out, but you can't see the fish just because it's so small, it hides behind your fingers. Yeah, that <laughs> that's why you hold it and you bend like the first few joints of your finger and put it under the fish and hold it more like this. There you go. There you Let go. Two fingers out. <laughs> that's what I learned. There we go. Yeah, I gotta I gotta learn all the all the techniques. I mean, I grew up I grew up fishing. Um, but it was always, you know, the same lake, the same stocked lake in the mountains for, for trout, and um, and I I loved it. But I got to learn all the all the tricks to like the catch and release and showing showing off. The yeah. Fish before I... No, I'm so I'm such an amateur when it comes to trout fishing. But about a year or two ago, I decided I said this is something I want to learn. I want it to be my thing, and I want to be good at it. I just want to do it you know, after work on the weekends. So I started trout fishing in the North Georgia mountains. And like you said, I'm just catching a little stock trout, but getting so hype over it. Um, and then a couple native streams, just wading down the whole thing. I love it, but I do not fly fish. I, I haven't gotten into that. That's yeah. That was, that was my task this year. And it's a, it's a whole thing, but I'll tell you what, when you're fishing, fishing those dries and you just see a C1 strike and, I mean, your technique has to be on point to keep them on the hook because it's not, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm used to, as a kid, I'm used to hunting with a, with a treble or hunting. <laughs> uh, I'm used to fishing with a, a treble hook and, you know, some power bait and just hucking it out there and kicking back in my chair, reading my book until I feel a tug. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's what I grew up doing. And when you're fishing that, like those fish will swallow those things whole, like, you know, half of the time they'll swallow that thing and they're hooked and they're just swimming around. And you don't even notice it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so it doesn't, it doesn't take quite the, uh, uh, technique that, that something like fly fishing does a lot of the time in learning that technique. It, it's like, you have to be on point to keep that thing off the hook. Like once it hits, that's not even half the battle yet. <laughs> like mm-hmm. You got to figure out how to get that thing in the net and you're fishing by yourself and, 
it's it's been a journey but it's a i'll tell you what it's a lot of fun but you know it hasn't taken away from that enjoyment i find like sitting and throwing lures out for bass or or anything like that everything's got its own i don't know its own allure yes it, it can all be appreciated with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So do you still do any of the, like the bass fishing tournaments or do you get out? I mean, I know you get out some on your kayak, but. Uh... Yeah, I'm, I've gotten away from tournaments. I don't, I don't really know why. I just, I'm interested in doing kayak tournaments. I just really need a kayak upgrade. I still have one that you paddle where if you're fishing, you really need one that you can pedal um, like with your feet. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I just have too many hobbies. I'm into so much that. I'm so spread out. You know, I hunt ducks, I hunt deer, pheasants, bass fishing, trout fishing, offshore, inshore. And sometimes I just don't have time to do what I want, Um, like tournaments. I mean, it's all what I want to do, but, you know. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I feel really bad for you. You know, it's a, it's a rough life. I know, right? Uh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I don't have time to go bass fishing because I'm, I'm duck and pheasant hunting too much. I mean, (laughs) Jeez, that you know? <laughs> that sounded so privileged, and I want to apologize. No, no it did not. At all. I'm 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 making fun of you for it, just because I'm I'm kind of in the same spot now, where it's finally like I've been I've been working to build this life, and you know, everyone asks like why I started the podcast and why I do what I do and this and that and the other, and it's honestly it's because I want to hunt, I want to fish, and this was the best opportunity for me to mm-hmm. get out there and do more of that and learn about it. And, Cause I didn't have anyone to reach out to originally. Yep. I mean, now I consider myself lucky. Like I can call up awesome people like you and be like, Hey, let's talk about hunting and fishing for the next hour. Yes. And, but you know, when I started, I had no idea. I just knew I wanted to hunt and get out there. Mm-hmm. And now I'm lucky enough to where, yeah, I can spend, spend my weekends duck hunt, having to choose between duck hunting or going fly fishing or maybe picking up some doe tags and trying to, trying to fill the freezer a little bit more or something like that. It's a, it's a great opportunity. I know, right? When I took my job in the outdoor industry, I had no clue what I was getting into. And um, I don't want you to think it's all glamorous because a lot of these trips I go on are just, you know, out of my own pocket. It's something I decided to do. But but then some of the trips are trips that my clients send me on or my boss. So it's, and you know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier is the idea of, you know, right now is kind of finding that sweet spot because a lot of the time, you know, you do have to ask the question, you're like, okay, do I want to hunt or do I want to work in the hunting industry? Mm -hmm. Because you think about it, you know, all that time when we're prepping for season, so is everyone else. And so that's when our clients are in high gear and are running sales and are trying to push stuff out there. And, and that's when we need to be on point when, we'd probably much rather be getting our gear set for trip that's coming down the line in a month, you know? Oh yeah. I would, I'd rather be hunting every day. I'd rather be fishing every day, but I personally enjoy marketing and I enjoy marketing my clients products. 
that doesn't allow me to be outdoors every single day, but that allows me connections and networking and, you know, just friends across the country, colleagues, um, and just great professional experience because of the path I chose. Well, I think there's such a benefit too, is I've worked in a lot of different industries and I realize and doing fairly close to the same thing across the board, you know, with little changes here and there, but I've realized that when you're, you are working, working with like-minded people with the same passions as you makes the days go by a lot faster than mm-hmm. when, you know, maybe you're doing marketing for the vegan burger industry, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I always joke. And most of people listening know is one of my clients is actually a vegan burger restaurant. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a former boss of mine and oh. he came up and asked me and I'm like, you, have you been drinking? Like, he's like, no, you do great work. I want you to do the web. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm fine with it. And I'll, I'll do the damn fine job for you. But <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so fishing's not all you do. You also do a lot of, a lot of bird hunting, a lot of fe- uh, pheasant and duck and you, you hunt deer. Oh yeah. I wouldn't say I do a lot of pheasant hunting. I just, um, I get the, I just got an opportunity to go in Wisconsin so, um, but I do love duck hunting. I work for Ducks Unlimited on the side. It's all volunteer, but I'm um, the state publicist for the state of Georgia. Um, the state chairman of DU Georgia called me earlier this year, probably around June or July. And he said, we want you to be our publicist. And I was like, you're kidding. Like Ducks Unlimited? He said, yeah, for, for our great state of Georgia. So, so I took it and I've been doing it since making so many friends and um, just networking. And then with that came more duck hunting trips. So I've been, just in the last couple months, I've been to Venice again, which is where I tuna fished, mm-hmm. which the duck hunting is just as good down there, if not better. And then I took a trip up to La Crosse, Wisconsin, on the Mississippi River. And what was so cool about that those two trips were was one weekend I was down in Venice, Louisiana, which is – the most Southern point of the Mississippi river that you you can hunt. Like they call it the end of the world. Like that's, that's as far as you can go. So we were (laughs) hunting out of a a boat blind there. And then a week later I was in Wisconsin hunting that same river. So it's really cool. That's wild that it's, I mean, you you know, you want to talk about an iconic river to hunt on. Like that's about it. Yeah. And it's beautiful in both places, you know, in Louisiana, it's marshy and um, just, so beautiful then you you get up to wisconsin and it's you know the the rolling hills and and mountains and it is freezing um, (laughs) but it's beautiful i'm from georgia so you know i had pocket full of hand warmers i was like give me the heater you know (laughs) so i uh this is my first season duck hunting i've been always been wanting to do it for a while and i finally got out and uh one of the trips i went on recently it was i mean you know we're out here in montana and it gets it gets a bit cold out here and we had a real big cold snap can't come in and I was bundled up pretty well, but it finally got to the point where I'm like, I just, all these guys are from Montana and Cal or and from Wyoming. I'm like, I'm from California. I'm from Northern California. So we get some weather, but man, just, just let's turn on the heater for a little, <laughs> turned on the Mr. Heater. And um, I sat huddled around that thing. And I mean, it was not not the most active trip uh visibility was pretty low like we could basically the wind picked up and we could basically see to the end of our uh 
the end of our setup and that was about it. So we had a couple of action packed moments where all of a sudden the ducks would be there out of nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> they'd be, yeah. They'd be flying in. You're like, Oh crap, get back in the blind, back in the blind. Yeah. Like, head down, <laughs> head down. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely uh, learned the joy of having a propane heater in the duck blind on that. I know. And I was, I was with people that um, hunt in, in the North or either they're from the North. That's who I was with. And they're just used to it. You know, they're just fine. And I'm over here in layers and layers. I have my sit cut gradient hoodie on with layers and layers under it. And they're like, we're not cold. This is, this is good weather. I'm like, pass me the heater, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little diva about it. <laughs> hey, gotta stay yeah, warm. I mean, I, yeah. I like the cold weather, but I'm, I'm definitely not developed my, developed my Montana skin yet. So yeah. this winter is going to be, this winter is going to be an interesting experience for me. Well, there, but... there's hope for us. We, we just have to adapt. We're, I'm from the South, you know, <laughs> if, if I see snow, it's a big deal. <laughs> I was going to say my, my elk hunting trip last year was uh, winter, like hit really stinking early and a good majority. And fortunately I had prepped for it and I'd brought all my, all my cold weather gear too. And I was doing pretty good, but there's a couple of mornings where I got up out of my, out of my bag and I'm trying to, you know, I'm like prepping my coffee and my jet boil just will not even turn on because it's like <laughs> negative 10. And I'm, I'm trying to like get my, get my broad heads, like uh, set back on my bow and my hands are shaking so bad. Like I can't get them fixed up and Oh man, there's, yeah, there's a couple of mornings that were rather, I started carrying my sleeping bag with me in my pack. Cause I was, uh, I was going from a spike camp and I started rolling up my, my extra sleeping bag with me and keeping it in my pack. Cause then I'd sit and I'd like wrap myself up in it and zip it up mm -hmm. all the way to my face. <laughs> and it was a mummy bag. And I'd sit behind the binoculars and like glass in my sleeping bag. Oh my gosh. No, that, that's something you should post. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of it. That's it, funny. It was pretty good. I, I would have given anything to have somebody there with me to have like taken a solid picture of me with the covered in snow in the sleeping bag. But yeah, I figure it's it's kind of like those those giant like wubbies that people wear in the in tree stands now. You know, it's like the giant sleeping bag with arms. That's basically a glorified snuggie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a, a a down snuggie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, the tree stand, the whole tree stand thing. I went went on my first uh, like deer camp last year in Missouri, and. Uh, I've sat in a tree stand once or twice before, but that was my first like real experience with early morning metal tree stand sucking the ev the joy and warmth out of me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at like four in the morning, can't feel my toe. Yeah, I've got the heaters in my hands and, and feet, but I still can't feel them. And mm -hmm. oh man, sitting sitting still is not my uh, not my forte. Uh, oh, for sure. Um, but talk about cold weather. Um, the duck hunting in Wisconsin, you know, that was bearable. I could, I could stand that. Um, but we went pheasant hunting and it just, the sky fell out with snow. It was everywhere. It was so cold. And it was just, <laughs> I made this TikTok video saying it was spitting snow and I was, I was about to go hunting, you know, I was showing where I was. I was in Cashton, Wisconsin, and I actually went viral in the state of Wisconsin. And, um, <laughs> There are people from Wisconsin saying, oh, my gosh, where is she? It looks like she's at Nelson Farm. And I turned to my my hunting partners. I'm like, 
are we at Nelson farm? They're like, yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny that they recognized where I was from the silo and the farm and, and the barns and all. So, um, Did that was our pheasant hunt. What'd you Le say? Legions of fans mobbing you at Nelson farm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, um, I had a lot of comments, you know, from what do they call themselves? Scotties? <laughs> People from no Wisconsin. Idea. I think that's what I think that's what they call themselves. But they were like asking me out for a beer or like saying, Hey, meet up or you should come to my farm. But yeah. Seems like they're great people up there. And I had a great hunt, except it was just super cold. You know, we were all in a line walking the fields, the snowy fields. And by the end I was soaking wet with snow. And that's the coldest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> that's a, that's the one thing. Like fortunately the weather was pretty decent when I went on my pheasant hunt this year. Like it wasn't, uh, it was chilly, but it was, it was mostly just like, okay, we just layer up with the jacket or two and you're fine. But I'll, I'll take, I'll take walking, like walking fields in snowy weather like that over just, unless you got a heater then, then that's one thing. But like, versus like just sitting in a blind or sitting in a tree stand mm -hmm. any day. If I'm moving, I'm good. Yeah. Like I can, I can generate that heat, but uh, sitting in the tree stand or the blind is just my my poor frozen butt can't handle it <laughs> exactly but if you're walking then your feet aren't gonna get cold you know you're up moving so that was good until um all the snow had fell on me you know gotten my hair my hair was wet you know got on I didn't have the best waterproof gear with me that day I need to invest in um some more but yeah that's the coldest I've ever been it was great though <laughs> I, I got back and people were like how was that pheasant hunt and I was like you know I, at the beginning I was looking so cute I had on my little upland bird hunting outfit you know so ready to hunt it was taking you know I posted a selfie then afterwards I looked like a wet dog <laughs> <laughs> my hair was soaking wet I had on mascara you know it ran down my face but I, I have I'm proudly holding like 10 birds so <laughs> it was great it was so fun I remember you sharing one picture at least and you had like full on at that point. You just about looked like the, uh, the, the, the little kid from Christmas story when he's all like wrapped up. You, you I think you had finally put on just about every layer you brought with you. Yeah. Uh, every, everyone there could tell, uh, she's definitely from the South. But before <laughs> I opened, before I opened my mouth, they could tell. So, <laughs> so, Say somebody uh, wanted to get started in hunting. You know, they're down in Georgia uh, where you're from and they uh, maybe don't have any friends or family that that are into it. They don't know who to reach out to, um, but they wanted to kind of get into it and really get their start in the outdoors. What would you what would you recommend to them? I would say do some research. Um and you know get get licensed you have to take a hunter safety course um so i would say learn safety first because that's of utmost importance um, and there's plenty of resources on the georgia dnr website um, my neighbor is a wildlife tech in the dnr and there's he tells me about youth hunts that are happening all the time and i don't think you necessarily have to have a parent or a guardian um, they're made for for kids that don't have family that are educated on or live in that way or have that lifestyle. So there's plenty of youth hunts, youth fishing events. 
that are all about, you know, educational purposes and, and giving kids those opportunities. So what would you say for somebody that's never been hunting, what would you say would be like a good, good type of hunt for them to go on? Uh, like what would, what would you recommend for them to start looking into first? Hmm. I mean, I, I guess it would be on their preference, what animal they want to hunt, but maybe um, start out with a, a good guided trip in Georgia. So you, so you'd recommend then looking into uh, maybe some guided trips uh, as a good way to, as a good way to kick that off. Yeah. I mean, I started out doing guided trips. I mean, you just have to research it. It may cost some money, you know, guided trips are um, expensive, but you learn so much. You learn about animal behavior. You just, you learn so much from the guide that you can take away and go hunt on your own or with buddies. I recommend hunting with, with buddies, not by yourself, especially if you're bird hunting. Yeah. That's, I think that's one of the really kind of cool things that's unique about bird hunting compared to a lot of other things as it's such a social thing, whether you're all sitting in the blind together or you're, you know, you got your running dogs through fields for, um, for pheasant or dove or chucker or whatever it happens to be. I feel like that's just one of the, I don't know, one of the unique things you can talk, you can, yeah. you can interact. It's not like, you know, sitting in a tree stand for deer or, or hiking the mountains for elk. Yeah. You... Super quiet. Try not to fall asleep. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It is a social experience. I mean, that's why I enjoy it. Cause Everybody knows I'm I'm so social. <laughs> um, but in the in the duck blind, like I mean, it's like heaven when you're in a blind. Somebody's cooking breakfast. You have thermoses full of coffee with hazelnut cream. You know, a couple little devies. <laughs> I mean, it's like heaven to me. You're able to talk. Sometimes we turn on, you know, a funny podcast. Um, it's all about the experience. So that's why I enjoy it the most. All right. So if folks wanted to follow along with all of Macy's shenanigans, where, uh, where can they find you? Okay. So I've always been on Instagram, like since the beginning of time, (laughs) since Instagram was a thing. And, um, I post most of my hunting pictures there and fishing. Um, and then I'm super big on TikTok these days. That's how I kind of got my, not my start, but you know, it gave me my boost in the industry and, um, online, I guess that's what I'm known for is, is my TikToks. That girl from TikTok. Um, so <laughs> we, need, I'm on there. we need to make you a shirt uh, that says "I'm pretty big on TikTok." <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, I I when people say, "Are you the girl from TikTok?" I'm like, "No, I'm Maxie Watkins, actually." <laughs> but I've also started doing some YouTube videos. Uh, I'm new at it, but um, I'm starting to post a lot of videos there that are more extended content and um maybe stuff that i can't show on tiktok i'll put on youtube and so i'm really trying to grow that and i have a facebook page where um i post even more stuff (laughs) all right so uh if people just pretty much search uh macy watkins on any of those platforms they'll be able to find you oh yeah I'm, i'm everywhere i try to be everywhere and i try to post different stuff on each platform like not just a I repost on every single platform that I have, you know, Instagram. I try to put the, the really cool pictures. TikTok is more laid back and funny. Um, 
YouTube is just more in depth, you know, more about me that you might not see in other places. And Facebook is kind of just, you know, the family friendly content, the promotions, the, um, you know, updating people on where I am in the world. (laughs) That's what you can expect. There you go. Well, I will make sure to link to those on the show notes page. Macy, thank you so much for taking the time today to sit down. Awesome. You're welcome. I had so much fun. You should do it again. <laughs> Definitely. And I hope your first podcast wasn't too terrifying. So No, I really liked this. And I think it's a good way to, to connect with um, fans and just other hunters and, and fishermen. And I really enjoyed this. Awesome. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this episode of The Wild Initiative. Make sure to check out the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com. Get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. Big thank you to Macy for taking the time out of her day to hop on. Make sure you go check out all her social profiles. Go give her some love. Go enjoy her TikTok. She's got some fun stuff on there for y'all. But uh, that'll do it for this week. Looking forward to next time. But until then, I hope this podcast inspired you to get involved, get outdoors, and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from the Wild Initiative family, and more. 